G'day and welcome back to the MSF Farm Talk podcast. I'm Tegan Buckley and in this episode, I'm having a general chit-chat catch-up with SA farmer Andrew Bealey. Hi, Andrew. Welcome. G'day, Tegan. How's life? A bit frosty this morning. Um, how about you guys? Yeah, look, we're, um, we're in the R&M mode at the moment. We managed to finish seeding finally on Friday. It was a long-winded seeding, but uh, we were in no hurry because we had the moisture there and it was just perfect conditions and... Uh, the frost come in just as we were finishing. So it was it was nice not to have to crawl around under the bar while we had some of these frosts this week. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So how did this year's sowing program go? What did you put in? Um, it went well. I mean, we, as as most programs do, they evolve as you uh, put them into place and, and then China and all the rest of the uh, added inputs. So, you know, we, we ended up swapping some barley paddocks for other various things. And fortunately, our rotation allowed us to do that. So um, we ended up putting in just a smidge under 9,000 hectares, which is a little bit less than we normally do, um, but we just scaled back a little bit because of the season, the year, the bare ground and all the rest of it, and just thought we'd get things right and uh, and, and do them better. So uh, for numbers for yourself, we ended up doing about 3,200 hectares of barley, about 3,800 of wheat. Uh, and then we backed off in our normal lentil uh, legume program this year uh, just a little bit because we used to be about 50-50 and that was just a little bit too high a risk for the low rainfall areas that we were in. So we um, we just scaled back a little bit um, just to lower our risk a little bit more but um, with the intention that we still potentially have at least half of our crops going into legume stubble. Mm-hmm. Um so lentils is only 80 hectares. Lupins, we've done 500 hectares. And then we had some hay paddocks. So oat and hay was 150 hectares. Vetch was 110. And our biggest um, legume that we have in our program is chickpeas. And we've done just under 1,000 hectares of them. Yeah, wow. Plenty. Plenty of work. No wonder you guys uh, were quite late in finishing. Was it was early June. <laughs> yeah. Usually- yeah, well, we started the, the, the week after Easter we started. Wow. Um, and uh, we, uh, because of the, the China flu, COVID-19, call it what you like, we uh, made, made a call that we wouldn't go 24 hours just to keep the staff or the team members' health up. So we actually went back to 10-hour shifts. And so in the witch's hour between 1 o'clock and 5 o'clock in the morning, uh, no one was actually on site. And uh, usually that's when people catch colds or things go wang or you know, whatever could go wrong will go wrong in those hours. Um, so we've changed, we changed our plan and we, we run with that and it worked really, really well. And in the end, it only added about two, three or four days extra on top of our finished date anyway, which we were more than comfortable with. Yeah, definitely. No, what a smart move. So, um, you were talking about ground cover before. So we've got a few episodes coming up with a focus on, on that maintaining ground cover and improving it. What do you do at yep. Bulabara to, after, I guess, the dry years, what are you doing this year um, to try and help with that ground? Well, we've, we've actually gone back to the, to the old tradition of throwing some rye on some of the hills because with the legume, the last three years, our legume program was really nothing left after the harvesters went through. Um, you know, we, we only ended up with just under 80 mil of growing season rainfall in some, some of our farming areas last year. So... Um, and years prior to that wasn't much more. Um, so, yeah, we just didn't have the bulk there for ground cover. Um, so we actually, believe it or not, had a, nearly 150 hectares of rye hills that we just um, put on t- 
early once we had a bit of rain and uh, just to try and get some cover um, and uh, we'll just leave them be uh, for a little while and we'll spray them out basically before they go to seed this year uh, just to maintain cover and then hopefully we don't have years like we've had in the last two or three. Yeah. Um, the, the, uh, the, well, it's interesting because we quite often talk, especially with Mally Sustainable, a lot of our talks are with the breeders and uh, you know one of the one of the the sore points, soft points, or the the points that farmers in this area are particularly a little bit timid about is the ground cover that legumes l- leave you without. Um, you know, they just don't have that stubble cover like cereals do, uh, and particularly with the the fronts that we use to harvest. You know, you're basically almost uh, blade ploughing uh, through the crops. And one of the, one of the things we've accidentally come across ourselves, and I'm not sure how many other people are doing it but we actually have our ab lines so anything that runs east of an even number of ab lines we run east so everything goes east so when we harvest we our cereal stubbles we go east when we seed we go down those rows with the east and then obviously the odd ones go west and so everything travels the same direction so you're not actually twisting and pushing the stubble over the cereal stubble or pushing it out and it makes the legumes harvestability so much better. Um, and, you, and your stubble actually maintains and stays there for more than s- several years. You know, up to three years and four years, your cereal stubble can still be in place, even after one or two legumes in there. And, and that's worked really well. We've, we've managed to maintain stubble to stay there for quite some time. Now, when, when I say um, in the same way, even rolling, um, everything we do the one way. Mm, yeah, so did you say before you only had 80 mils last year in the growing season? Correct, yeah. yeah. Wow, what have you had this year so far? Uh, so, so far we've had um, 76 mil to, to the year, so that's still quite a lot less than a lot of around the area. And year to date we've had 122. So yeah. <laughs> it's still not high numbers, but um, the, the rainfall's been very timely. Uh, it's been in the Mallee, it's an interesting one, particularly uh, in the northern Mallee where you know, every drop counts. Is that there's, no real, um, there's no real high rainfall numbers, uh, but the ones that are going to get you out of trouble are the timely ones. Mm. And uh, yeah, well, so far we've had good timely rains at this stage. Not, not, we had hardly any summer rain uh, and then had a good opening season just prior to seeding. So we've had some brilliant grass kills and germinations prior to seeding, which we never have had for the last couple of years. Um, the crops that have come up at the moment, are, uh, oh, they're so clean. I haven't seen them so clean for a long time as far as grasses and uh, broadleaf are going. We, we got a good two, at least two kills before the seeders went through. Yeah. Wow. Fantastic. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's lovely. It's really good. Yeah, all the best for the season. Um, so more about you, Andrew. I have a few personal questions. Not the type of questions that verify your identity at a bank, so don't <laughs> worry. Um, so here's a classic question straight up. What do you enjoy most about being a farmer? Uh, in days like today, it's the office, and I call my office the paddock out there. Uh, you just look around. I'm sitting on top of a hill out here looking over, looking at Loxton at the moment, and the green, and the, it's dead calm, the sun, it's just... It's just an awesome lifestyle, really, and and, uh, and scenario surroundings. And uh, look, I'm I'm a bit lucky too because I'm working with a great team, a great bunch of guys. And you know, there's not too many days that you don't have a sore belly from laughing for something. Um, and uh, yeah, no, it's just it's a great lifestyle. I think that's probably the best way to round it up. 
Yeah, absolutely. So when you're not farming, what are you doing? Um, oh, look, I love the land. So I'm, if I'm not farming, I could be either fishing, hunting or riding my motorbike around the place, uh, always out and about doing something. Although I'll tell you what, as I'm getting older, I'm enjoying just being home and doing nothing as well, which is always nice at times. But um, I've got a little man cave at home that I tend to hide in a fair bit. And, and uh, yeah, uh, there's, there's lots of things I enjoy, but just out and about and enjoying our countryside is probably the, the main one. Yeah, definitely. And your favourite choice of beverage then? Oh, see, that was, I knew you'd ask me that question. That's always a start. That, that's, that's like, yeah, saying which one, which one of your children is your favourite. Oh, um, you can't do I, that. I, no, see, you can't do that. You, you, but you love them all differently at different <laughs> times. So um, I think that probably my recommendation is the reserved green ginger for the trip home at nights when everything's frozen. That's yep. a good one to get the blood flowing. And uh, here's a tip for the for the for all those out there is that I, I call it look up and live and live a little bit. When you're in shopping and you go to the bottom shelf and you buy the cheap uh, spirits, the wine, you know, the $40 bottle of rum, just look up and go a couple levels up and go the $60, $80, bottles. Look up, live, live once and they're the best ones. Always go up shelf. And, uh, yeah, if you want me to smile really big, you can hand me a bottle of rum. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> so yeah look up and live there you go there's, there's the tip for the day i'm really struggling now to go on to the next thing <laughs> <laughs> all right um so you're a bit of a gun leader in ag obviously um being a farm manager and, and director of msf uh so how would you describe your leadership or more so how do your staff members describe you um, boy, that's a good question. That's a really tricky one. Um, I that one on you, didn't I? I think, uh, yeah, you did plug that one on me. Um, no, look, it's it's the same. It should be the same for everyone, to be honest. When you've got people under you, or or going from instructions that you give, is that you 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 live your life as an example, as a, and you would never ask anyone to do something you wouldn't do yourself. So. Um, and we as a team here at Bullabara, we basically dig in and uh, everybody's equal. There's no real ranking other than when it comes to responsibility, someone's got to take the responsible um, answers if something goes wrong. But no, nah, t- teamwork and just working side by side is is our key and how we work well together here. Yeah, great. So moving on to MSF, we're welcoming nominations for directors and you've been a director since 2014. What's been the most rewarding aspect of this role so far? Uh, look, t- for personally for me, I think it's the, the getting out and about. And because we're three state-based uh, group farmers group, um, you know, a big part of being the director is getting out and about and seeing what people are doing, what they want, what their needs are, you know, where, where they're lacking in research and all the rest of it, or, or where, where research has been uptaken. Uh, because of what MFS is doing around the place. And I think the biggest reward is actually seeing people's gains from some of the research that's coming from the groups that we look after or, or work with. And, um, you know, the biggest reward is is seeing that and, and seeing uh, no-till, for instance, is a classic example of how that's been working around the place. And, boy, I reckon the council would have had to grade the roundabout at Loxton this year if there was no till, if, if there was till everywhere um, with, the, with the soil movement and the sand. Um, yeah, it's just, just seeing, seeing the advancement of how agriculture's come. And like I said earlier, we had less than 80 mil of rainfall last year, yet we still rep stuff. And to be honest, if it wasn't for the, the frost that, uh, d- that changed the yield for us, 
we would have nearly had average yields on that on that rainfall, which is just mind blowing. And yeah. that is because of our industry and the research that it's done and, and the learnings from it. So us as farmers can, can achieve these sort of things. Yeah, certainly. So if someone were keen to nominate themselves or maybe um, get involved in MSF, what would be your advice that you'd give to them? Um, well, the advice I'd give to them is to, to definitely have a go. I, could, I just couldn't encourage it more so that... It's just a, a great learning, a great opportunity uh, and, and a great way to rub shoulders with some really great people. But uh, at the same time, you, you've got that opportunity to represent the area that you're from as well and the farmers that are around you because, let's face it, if you're in an area, that there's, you're all sort of one of the same to a certain extent. You have same issues, same trials and tribulations and um, you get to you get to be able to have a say on on some of the decisions that are made or some of the research programs that are done and look I, I couldn't re- I could recommend it to anyone to have a go and you don't have to be a mover or a shaker you can call people purple people eaters if they're purple you just say it as it is and um, and go from there and and like I said the, the learnings you get to see firsthand is just the, the reward on its own yeah so we're a pretty welcoming bunch. We don't bite much. <laughs> we're a big that's exactly that's exactly right. And and look, um, I don't know, Tegan, if you could, if somebody wants to ring um, Mally Sustainable and get my number, or, or they'll go on our website and find us anyway. They're more than welcome to give me a call any time and, and discuss uh, discuss the topics or discuss the opportunities that uh, Mally Sustainable could give them as as a director. Yeah, thank you. So, what do you see as main research priorities in? I guess, the Mallee now moving forward? Um, well, we, we discussed one of them, and that's bare ground and how to manage that. And, uh, you know, with the legume program moving f- slowly forward, I suppose, it, there was a really big uptake, but now people have, particularly after the last three years of, you know, very low rainfalls, uh, they've become quite risky growing legumes in the Mallee, but still a very key part of crop rotation. And uh, I think drought tolerance in the breeding programs of the legumes or the legumes that are specifically for the hot dry climates uh, would be a really uh, it's, it's a it's a movement that needs to continue going forward there's certainly stuff happening in that that scene but it certainly needs to keep being pushed that way i think that's definitely one of them and the, the same old one problems that we have for years and year, forever was frost frost is been a real big problem in the Mallee here, uh, particularly because we are a lot drier and, you know, that frost comes hand in hand with uh, dry dry winters. And uh, uh, like I said, with the low rainfall that we had last year, frost was still our biggest yield depleter, which is, um, you know, you just got to shake your head sometimes. And, and it's just such a hard thing to manage around. Mm, yeah, Mother Nature. Yeah, that's right, yeah. We'll definitely have to um, arrange a podcast episode on frost to come. Uh, there's certainly lots of research and trials happening in that space. Absolutely, there is. Yeah, yeah. And there's lots of ways to farm around it, although quite challenging. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, you know, it'll just be lovely to have that magic seed that you can stick in there and you know that frost isn't going to get it. But we're a long, long way away from that yet. So we need to um, adapt. Yeah. Absolutely. So thank you so much, Andrew, for the chit-chat. And I hope that you have a lovely rest of this beautiful sunny day. I will, absolutely. And then I'm going to go home and look up and live. Yes, look up and live. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Have a good day. Thanks, ladies. Take care.